1: Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call
0: 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.
2: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
3: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
4: Get your personalized
2: plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
5: Hello, everyone. Thanks for downloading the Third Coast podcast. I'm Dennis Funk. Now onto my spiel. Third Coast is searching for three lovely audio files to come and join us at the nest. We have openings for two internships and one part-time production assistant job. If you want to come hang out with us, eat chocolate, listen to stories and do a bit of work here and there, then stop by thirdcoastfestival.org to see how to apply. In other news, we officially have dates for this year's Third Coast Conference here in Chicago, which are November the 11th through the 13th. And we'll also be giving a shout for session ideas in the coming weeks. So keep your eyeballs on your inbox, but keep your ears here with me. All right, that's it from me. Now here's a brand new ReSound for you. From
6: the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago, I'm Gwen Maxi, and this is ReSound.
0: Every time I log on to Facebook, there's always someone that has something to say about their depressing life. Listen, I've got problems on my own. I don't need to take on yours. Keep it to yourself.
6: ReSound is a remix of music, documentaries, found sound, sound bites, and little bits of audio we find all over the world. We listen to everything we can get our ears on, then bring you the best of what we hear each week.
5: Hey, what's up, pony? Today I'm bringing you a, a On nine My Little Pony made videos. Nobody
2: likes your topic. ponies.
6: One of our favorite radio producers, Natalie Kestichir, says that there are two kinds of people in the world, mollusks and peacocks. The peacocks among us strut around, head high, eager to fan out our showy plumes at a moment's notice. We impress. We bask. We are as subtle as a Las Vegas showgirl.
7: Stop taking pictures of yourself. Your sister's going to jail.
2: Oversharing is not just too much information. It's incessant sharing of non-information. Breaking news about your gluten-free diet, complete with duck face selfies. Group selfie! (laughs) We love selfies.
6: The mollusks stay low to the ground, blend into the background, and move imperceptibly, leaving no trace. We shy away. We demure. We are as loud as a gnat. Today on ReSound, the glory of the peacock and the quiet flame of the mighty mollusk. Stay with us.
7: Do you think there's something wrong with um, lurking? You know, I read a lot about other people, yeah. but I don't put anything up about myself. Um, there's no trace of me. I know all about them. I know about their holidays. But
8: they don't know that you know.
7: Ruthie's your cousin. She's a therapist. So sometimes you try and get free advice from her. Do you remember how our grandmothers used to watch Days of Our Lives?
8: Yes, absolutely. They lived and breathed Days of Our Lives. What's made you think about um days of our lives.
7: You've been thinking about your grandmother and how she never used to leave the house and how she seemed to be addicted to this American soap opera. She never watched the English ones. They weren't glamorous enough.
9: Uh, all the soaps are losing their audiences. Facebook has taken over.
7: That's Pamela. She's a bit of a soap opera expert. She used to be script editor on Coronation Street.
9: Um, Superficially, they're the same. Um, If you look at Days of Our Lives, you're you're presented with glamour, the best bits of life in a way, Uh, rich people, good-looking people, uh, having trials, tribulations, falling in love. Facebook, similarly, we see the best side of people's lives. We see what they eat, what they consume, what they buy, what they wear. We see their best face.
7: Lurker, a lurker. Just the word makes you think of mollusks, grey and slippery, shy but curious, interested in its surroundings, but unwilling to compromise its own safety. You are a mollusk.
9: It's very rare that people will really let their true emotions out. Some people do whinge, some people put up their woes but that's not really the prime function of of Facebook. Facebook really is there to crow about what's good about your life
7: Listen This is the sound of the peacock
1: Love, love, love LA Check out this picture of us roller skating at Venice Beach
7: can't think of an animal more different to the mollusk.
1: Hooray for Hollywood! Rubbing shoulders with the rich and famous in Beverly Hills.
7: You're intrigued by his desire to strut his stuff, just as long as he doesn't know you're there.
1: Bikram yoga on Sunset Boulevard. Feeling pumped.
9: Facebook is kind of interesting because in a way you're creating your own soap opera. You're following the characters that you want to follow. Uh, You can block those that offend you or upset you or bore you. And uh, with Facebook you can create your own narrative and you make the in-betweens of the narrative when they're not posting what's happening, what's really happening behind the scenes.
7: The peacock is colourful, glamorous and entertaining
1: in Mexico.
7: The mollusk is grey and ordinary. You'd much rather read about the lives of others and maintain your invisibility.
8: You could construct a very glamorous picture, but you don't construct any picture. So the lurking space is very interesting because it's like... um, ..it is anonymous... And you're very free, you know, you're free to wander around. But then there's this fear of, does anyone know I'm there? You know?
7: Well, I mean, how embarrassing if they did.
1: Check out Amanda's profile in this month's Stepping Out magazine. So proud of my beautiful wife.
7: You find his post so compelling. Why? You both grew up in Bland Street in suburban Sydney. He left. You're still here. I wonder what he knew that you didn't know. Don't tell me you're envious.
9: One thing that Facebook does that soaps don't do is creates discontent. Soaps create content, fantasy. We know it's not real, it's not going to happen to us. But Facebook is a measure to our own lives. It's a benchmark of who we could be, what our missed fantasies are, what our missed fulfillment is. And Facebook creates discontent.
1: Stopping off in Sydney on the way to Fiji for a photo shoot. Any old friends available for a beer? PM me for my number.
7: Sometimes the mollusk is too curious for its own good.
10: Hi there. Hi,
7: how are you? Good. Good. You've still got an Australian accent?
10: Uh, Well, it depends. Depends who I'm talking to. (laughs) Oh, okay.
7: (laughs) Okay, so I gather you're not around in Sydney for very much longer, are you?
10: Uh, well, we're going down to the south coast for a couple of days and then I'll be back.
7: Uh-huh. That's not the accent you were expecting. You're disappointed, aren't you? You arranged to meet at 3pm, but you're not so sure that this was a good idea.
8: There's a role for the people who are putting this stuff out and then there's a role for those who wander around and look and watch and then there's a whole other life that goes on like inside your mind about it all
7: 3pm comes and goes you don't leave home
6: The Mollusk and the Peacock was produced by Natalie Kesticher for Falling Tree Productions and Shortcuts on BBC Radio 4. I cannot pass up this opportunity to mention here that Third Coast, of course, is on, you know, Facebook, and invite you to go to our site and overlook, eavesdrop, read, share, like, comment, lurk, and enjoy.
11: Is it worth you doing something where you may get caught?
6: Coming in loud and clear.
11: What Do you see him?
2: The man with the hearing aid, like Charles.
11: Nowhere. Uh, my name is Perry Myers. I'm a licensed private investigator. I actually had a case where I called the police because someone was recording me. That's just for Paul. I spotted him. During a conversation, I was interrogating them, and we knew they were guilty of the theft, but uh, I couldn't get them, and suddenly their briefcase started to beep.
2: Right there with the shot
11: And I saw by the expression on his face, he was definitely hiding something. And when I um, asked him, he said, well, I'm recording you. Is that okay? And I didn't say anything at that point. Sometimes it's nice to know what they're talking about.
12: I don't care what they're talking about. All I want is a nice fat
11: recording. We went to court and his attorney found... um, case law in Illinois that said that you're allowed to record as long as you're not playing it back or making copies or playing it for other people. states are dangerous. You know what I mean. Someone may get hurt. If you walked up to me with a hidden recorder, you would not be breaking the federal law, as I understand it. But the law is very, very muddy.
6: You're listening to ReSound from the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago. I'm Gwen Maxai. Today, we're talking about mollusks, people who love to lurk, and peacocks, people who love to showboat. In the 1970s, NASA produced an audio time capsule curated by astronomer Carl Sagan and others to represent all of life on Earth as we've known it no small task. It contained, among other things, the sounds of nature, greetings in 55 languages, including Morse code, as well as music by Bach, Beethoven, and Chuck Berry. It was sent aboard the Voyager spacecrafts to reach distant planetary systems, very distant, say, 40,000 years or so away. It's called the Golden Record, and it is definitely a peacock, like the Ethel Merman of cosmology. This episode of the podcast "The Truth" imagines the listeners who might find it.
2: Come on, just be careful oh with me, Okay, this is crazy. We call we don't need to call
1: any authorities. All right, maybe it,
2: the neighbors saw.
1: The neighbors didn't see anything. Are we sure
2: that it even fell on our land? No, it's
1: definitely on our property. That's their giant fence. That's the beginning of their property.
2: Okay, something just fell from the sky. We just need to take a breath and look at it. Yeah,
1: just relax. Be
2: careful with it, okay? Okay, Don't put it on the table. Put something down.
1: Just take a breath. Look at it. It's beautiful.
2: It's got to be made of some kind of glenite. It's
1: just so shiny.
2: What are all these drawings on it? Are etchings? Is
1: it a language, or is it just drawings? Maybe it's from some other country? I think this is from a different planet.
2: Oh, come on.
1: It could, This it looks could like a map.
2: Be, this looks like a city. I, looks like a
1: map of the stars. Don't break it. I can't break it. It survived a fall from space. I'm not going to break it. We
2: don't it. know that it came from space.
1: I think this is aliens. <sighs> somebody something inside this sleeve. This is this an audio recording? That looks like something we could play on a disc table. Do we still have our disc table? Yeah, it's in the guest room. You mean my office?
2: It's an office if you do work in it. It's right, a here. guest room.
1: My mother sleeps in Oh, here it is. It's not plugged in. Here, hold this. <coughs> I don't even know if it still works.
2: Well, we'll find out. All right. It's too big, it's not going to fit
1: I think it's close enough That
2: hole is too big in the center This
1: thing is a chunk of metal, it's heavy, it'll weigh itself down Hit the power Okay And 3, 2, 1
13: As the Secretary General of the United Nations An organization of 147... What language is that? Who represent almost all of the no human idea. inhabitants of the planet is it Earth? Really? No, I send greetings on behalf of the people of our planet. Well, I don't, we I step don't know out what not definitely a person. Into the universe, seeking only peace
14: M- and friendship. Maybe it's no, We no, know I'm full well this is, that is no language. I have ever all heard
13: its before. inhabitants are but a small part of this immense universe that surrounds us, and it is with humility and hope. That we take
1: this step. You're close. (laughs) It's a different person. That's another different person. Are they speaking the same language? I don't know. I don't know.
10: I don't know
14: what's
1: happening.
2: I don't understand what's happening.
1: It's all
14: different languages. So what the high Nippon, who do you think so made this? Uh, is this some kind
2: of hoax? We're just,
1: we're getting a message from a large group of people.
2: What would they have to say to us? I don't,
1: hello? Who says
2: hello by dropping something connected to a big engine on somebody's lawn?
1: Someone from a different planet?
9: Oh yeah,
1: who else? Who else would make this? You think the neighbors uh, made this, uh, threw it over the fence?
12: I don't know. <laughs>
14: See,
2: you can make those sounds.
12: Right, I mean,
1: it's people.
2: But wait, wait, something's... It
1: doesn't sound like words, it just sounds like crying.
2: It sounds like a beast, it doesn't sound like a person. That sounds ominous.
1: It's terrifying.
2: Is just growing like that. Oh my
1: god! Is it, is it a warning? Or a... I wonder
2: what are they going to warn us about? That's an explosion! Is... It's a war! There's a war coming!
1: Their planet was destroyed. And
2: they're looking for somewhere else to go. What's going on? Are they trying to attack us? Turn it off. I'm scared. <laughs> What was that? I don't know. Maybe there's more on it. Maybe it, maybe it has some sort of instructions or something. Or... Are we
1: supposed to understand this?
2: Maybe they need help.
1: Well, let's keep playing. <laughs> uh, bubbles?
2: Yeah, it's bubbles. Why would they put that after an explosion?
1: <laughs> Are they threatening to turn us into bubbles?
2: No. It sounds so much like rain, doesn't it?
1: Oh, listen to that.
2: What are they trying to tell us?
1: This is a recording of another place.
2: I mean, it started with those big explosions, and then then it sounded like bunch of different outside noises but this sounds like
1: this is the beginning of life explosions creation weather nature now
11: life
2: well, that's pretty
1: there's animals in there, i've never heard
2: oh i like that one wow I just want to know why they're contacting us. There's got to be a reason. Maybe something's wrong or, 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 or they're trying ju- to warn us. They
1: just want us to know that they're there. They're just trying to tell us the story of them as best they can with their language and with sounds. If I were them, I'd send millions of these in every direction throughout the universe. But then the why home-
2: haven't we ever heard of this before? We've because never what are the chances? This, this could
1: be from millions, billions of light years away. And the chances of them hitting. Not only our planet, but any planet Are minuscule They could be gone This could be millions of years old They could have been destroyed That's so sad
2: That sounds like us
1: Wait, let's stop the, let's stop the recording
2: What are we going to do about
1: this? going to change everything.
2: It's like we're not alone.
1: It's not like that. That's what it is.
2: We thought we were the center of, of the universe and we're not. There are whole other worlds out there. Every single religion is wrong. Wow,
1: well, I think they'll find a way to justify.
2: Everyone's got to hear this. You just
1: call the authorities. The authorities
2: the... are going to hide this. They're going to bury it. Of course they that. do. Why, of
1: you know that?
2: Who knows if this was even the first time we've been contacted? We've Uh, gotta tell people about this.
1: Yeah. yeah. Just see what else we got. Okay.
9: What is that? It's
1: music.
2: It's definitely music, but I've never heard that before. This is a, this is a, like a birthday song. A
1: celebration, I would say a yeah. celebration.
2: Skip ahead, let's see if there's another one.
1: Yeah. <sighs> yeah. This is something else.
2: It sounds like they're praying.
1: This feels more... Spiritual? Yeah. This sounds like a cry to the heavens. I mean, that's what this disc is. It it's is a, 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 cry, it's to the a cry to the heavens, right? Yeah. I mean, they sent this out into their heavens. And it landed on us. Oh God, is that depressing?
15: God, it's
2: so different. Maybe he's in love.
1: <laughs> this is this a passionate love song?
2: Maybe. A male mating dance. Yeah.
1: A date. Hello man. I I can't even wrap my brain around this one. How'd they get all
2: these different things in one place? They could
1: have recorded it in different places.
2: We'd probably have a war over what to put on one of these things. (laughs) Right?
1: They debated for a year and Right and
2: then they ended up putting something on there that nobody likes. It'd
1: be full of disclaimers.
2: They must have really figured something out.
8: Maybe they're all happy
6: this is mesmerizing
14: nobody fights
2: they war maybe they're trying to tell us they figured it out
1: what did they figure out?
2: how to be happy together maybe they're trying to tell us that that we can be like them Maybe they're missionaries.
1: Just telling us to relax.
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel relaxed. Maybe they share everything. Wouldn't that be nice? Maybe they don't have, like, walls, you know? Yeah. I bet they know their neighbors.
1: I do picture them all outside.
2: Right? Don't you picture them all outside in robes? Yeah. Just playing with each other's hair?
1: Well, do they have hair? <laughs> We should make one.
2: A recording? Yeah, let's
1: make a recording.
2: For who? For the aliens?
1: I don't know. Just for for us. What would we say? If we had to send this to, to aliens, what would we say about ourselves? Well,
2: I'd record your snoring. <laughs> if they haven't already heard it.
1: I'd record your disc. Yeah. Let's make one.
2: How what? are we going to get it to the aliens? We'll
1: send it to the neighbors.
2: Oh, they're going to think we're so weird. We'll
1: throw it over the fence.
2: They'll call the monitors.
1: Are we doing anything illegal?
2: No. (laughs) Technically, it's a gift.
1: How could it make our relationship with them any worse than it is now? All right. Get get the recorder. Okay. All right.
2: Do you know what you're going to say? No. Okay, me neither. Say hello. Okay, ready? One, two... Go. Hello. Greetings. This is Dawn.
1: And this is Tad. And we are uh, your neighbors.
2: And we know nothing about you.
1: But we'd like to tell you about us. My favorite time of day is the morning, before anyone else has woken up.
2: And my favorite time is at night, after Tad
1: falls asleep. I guess we like to be by ourselves.
2: We do, but near the other one
6: that was Voyager Found from the podcast The Truth produced by Jonathan Mitchell and performed by Chet Siegel and Peter McNerney
2: Hello from the children of planet Earth
6: If you want to listen to sounds from the Golden Record, visit our website, thirdcoastfestival.org. Coming up after the break, baby monitors, the Lindbergh kidnapping, and a question, who's watching who? Stay with us. Welcome back to ReSound from the Third Coast Festival. I'm Gwen Maxai. Today, we're talking about mollusks, those of us who are quiet observers.
11: Yeah, these are all the
6: hidden house cameras. And peacocks, those of us who like to preen and strut.
11: Well, this is a air purifier. You can turn it on. So the camera's hidden in here. Um, actually, right there. It's hard to see, but it's kind of stuck in the logo there.
6: Even peacocks enjoy being a mollusk once in a while. Lurking around, eavesdropping, spying. In fact, we've convinced ourselves that some forms of spying make us safer. Think security cameras, GPS locators, and baby monitors. But do they? When does the ubiquitous act of watching go from being perfectly acceptable to perfectly creepy?
16: A man watches a baby on a small screen. This man has never met this baby. He's in another country, thousands of miles away. And each night, he watches a different baby.
4: Child,
7: this little device will certainly help.
16: You have a baby, you
14: probably have a monitor,
6: and relieve all of your anxiety.
3: As soon as you start surveilling, you make it possible for other people to use that information.
10: Relieve all of your anxiety.
9: How many hours has he spent watching the baby sleeping?
0: This camera was being broadcast to the world
6: your anxiety they woke up in the
2: middle of the night to hear a guy
6: yelling
12: wake up baby wake up baby wake up baby wake up baby, wake up, baby. Wake up, baby. Wake up, baby.
15: nurse now brings the nursery into the living room, kitchen, or any other room desired. When a child is sleeping or playing in a room when no older persons are present, every sound within that room can be transmitted to any spot in the house.
3: Zenith Corporation's Radio Nurse, one of the world's first baby monitors. I think they went on sale in 1938.
15: The outfit consists of a pickup unit placed near the child to be watched and a loudspeaker, which can be placed in any convenient location.
3: My name is Dakin Hart, and I'm the senior curator at the Noguchi Museum in Long Island City, New York. The case was designed by Isamu Noguchi. It's made out of bakelite, so it's kind of a walnuty color. And the whole idea of getting Noguchi to do it was to produce something elegant enough to fit into any very well-to-do home. The two things that people normally compare it to are a kendo mask, a face mask for Japanese sword fighting, and then it also looks a little bit like a nurse's hood, an old-fashioned nurse's hood. It's not sweet. It is reserved and elegant. In fact, the ads show men in three-piece suits, women in beautiful evening gowns, playing bridge, eating dinner with one of these radio nurse heads sort of perched on a table or on a sideboard. So the whole idea was that they would fit into a very elegant interior. I think the retail price uh, originally was $29.95, which in 1938,
1: 37 $38 is actually a lot. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are?
10: This is our first baby monitor. It made his crying seem really loud, didn't it? Yes. Like it yeah, was like it was like voice. a demon. <laughs> it was like. Yeah, and so you'd go in and go.
9: Oh, he's not actually crying that much.
10: Yeah. Okay. And this would amplify and make it sound <laughs> it's evil.
9: Totally
10: it. But him a But good sign, you know, you'd, you'd hear it and you'd, you'd go running quite quickly.
0: From the different cries, you can tell different what things are wrong you know you know if they're just fussing so you can leave them yeah or you know if they're really in pain or they you know if they've got wind or something you can go and sort them out and then you know you can leave them again so once upon a time there
16: was a robot who had
15: very clicky arms and he didn't know why they were so clicky and why they
0: made such a noise it's funny as well listening to spencer read Sunny's stories like sometimes the, the monitor would be left on And I'd be sat downstairs listening to this amazing story that Spencer's made up for Sonny. If I'd been sat there, it would have been a different story, you know, for a different audience, because he wasn't actually expecting me to be listening downstairs.
12: It's 10pm. Do you know where your children are? The airplane view of the Lindbergh house shows its isolated location near Hopewell, New Jersey. The $50,000 mansion stands far back from the public room. See the end second story window? That's the very nursery window against which the kidnappers placed that ladder under cover of night and stole away with baby Lindbergh.
3: Charles Lindbergh's child was kidnapped from his crib.
15: When stolen, he was dressed in a white sleeping
3: suit. There was a nurse, a full time nurse, and she had put the baby down to sleep. His hair is fair and curly. And a couple hours later, she went in to check on him, and he wasn't there. And in the meantime, the father, Charles Lindbergh, who was in his office just below, had heard a little bit of noise, but figured that it was just something in the kitchen and then he later realized that that probably was this uh, kidnapper climbing up into the window using a ladder that they later found parts of outside and uh, spiriting away his son. Supposed intent of the Lindbergh kidnapping was a large ransom. But in the end it didn't matter because something went horribly wrong and the child was murdered. Bernard Richard Hauptmann, 35, whose arrest as Lindbergh ransom collector and the kidnapping has aroused America. The case stayed in the news because of first the search to find the perpetrator, the kidnapper, the trial of the kidnapper, and then ultimately the execution. He was executed in 1936. It was big news. H.L. Mencken called it the biggest story
12: since the resurrection. The uh, disproportionately huge impact the kidnapping made on public psyche. I think that was quite, you know, remarkable. But then Lindbergh was such a hero.
15: Intelligent, industrious, energetic, dependable.
12: had this kind of iconic heroic status.
15: Quick of reaction, serious, deliberate.
12: That uh, the uh, traumatic consequences of, of the kidnapping was likely to have had such a big impact. And I think that when you have such a case being attached to a very major public figure, It's not particularly surprising that it just ran and ran for a long time. Charles A.
15: Lindbergh.
12: Yeah, I'm Frank Ferretti. I'm a professor of sociology at the University of Kent, author and social commentator.
15: Protect your child against kidnapping.
3: Now, I don't think Zenith ever created sort of explicit scare advertising, but many retailers created their own advertising.
15: A helpless little child left alone for a few moments. Then a silent household left alone forever. A radio nurse in your home warns, it can't happen here.
3: It can't happen here. And of course, it is a kidnapping clearly calling to the Lindbergh kidnapping.
8: It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are?
3: Comfort and titillation somehow seem to go kind of hand-in-hand in in these things.
10: The feeling of panic can be overwhelming. That's every parent's nightmare.
3: Say you had a rating nurse, say you were one of the very first buyers, and you're like this couple that's entertaining their friends playing bridge in the living room. And so you're at the same time talking about how beautiful this head is and what a magnificent object it is and how lustrous the Bakelite is and really being into it as a consumer product. But then at the same time, you're explaining what it's for, you know, because I'm terrified my child is going to be kidnapped. Totally irrationally. That's every parent's nightmare. I mean, for the, you know, average random rich person in Westchester County, there's absolutely no reason to believe that your child will be kidnapped. It's a form of narcissism. Be very, very afraid. But isn't it beautiful? It's a very strange combination. opportunity to go visit her uncle in new
1: york city but that scares me half to death to have my little girl in such a big city
9: there are posters like this one all over new york city all of them asking for help in locating six-year-old aton pace on his way to a school bus stop two blocks from his home aton simply disappeared and his disappearance has led to the most extensive search for a missing child in New York City in decades.
12: It's one of the few examples where a single child, a single child with a name, has this kind of recognition factor.
2: Every year, nearly 800,000 kids are reported missing. Too
12: 200... Imagination becomes refracted through these experiences in a way that you're not even aware of.
7: More than 58,000 are abducted by a stranger.
12: In the 1980s, you know what you would have are a kidnapping of a child, told in a lot of detail. You had the name and everything about the child was very clearly spelled out. That this is a child that's been kidnapped, this is a child that's been killed, or whatever. By the time you got to the late 1990s, all you had to do was to transmit an image of a child, and that was enough. And everybody assumed there was a problem there. We had developed a disposition to fear the worst. It's important to understand that uh, our fears for children being abducted are really a sublimated expression of our own existential identities. Five, four,
0: three, two, one... Blast
13: off! This one, you can just hear them. There's a little microphone upstairs and the sound comes out here. It's not a very high-tech device. its house is so small, we don't actually need it. lovely sometimes. I mean, you hear, particularly in the morning, if I've had to get up early and I'm coming down here and just having breakfast really quietly, and they'll wake up quite a lot before you think they're waking up. You normally think they wake up around the same time as us, but actually they wake up quite a bit before, and and you can hear they're starting to natter. Because Tobin, he's only one and a half, he can't really talk, and Kai would be talking to him. He'd just be going, and Kai would be, yeah, that's right, Tobin, yeah, Absolutely. It does give you an insight into what they're doing when you're not around, which is kind of lovely. It's like having a portal into a world that, by your very presence, you would never be allowed access to.
3: They weren't just marketing to parents. You've also got grandma in her sick bed. early-life monitoring and end-of-life monitoring.
14: Unfortunately, I lost my dad last year and helped my mom nurse him for the last three months of his life. Towards the end, he was so frail, he couldn't really talk much. He just lay there. When he was snoring, it was actually quite, oh good, he's having a good sleep. And usually you don't enjoy listening to snoring. Almost lulled me to sleep. It was only when it stopped that I'd kind of wake up and think, oh, Anyway, after a while, I started getting really tired because it was up every two hours. So we got a night carer. The only problem is, is that you need to be remember to switch it off in the morning because sadly, one morning, my mom said something inappropriate about the carer and she was still there and she heard. You don't realise that, you know, you can pick up everything...
13: to be a couple next door with a baby who was almost exactly the same age as Kai. And I'd be working away and I'd hear this really faint baby crying. And I'd go down and look and there'd be nothing. It started getting quite sort of uncanny. And then I realized, I think they're astonishingly sensitive at the precise frequency of babies crying. And it was picking up next door's baby through the wall. I couldn't hear the baby. It was only the machine could hear it. And then I could hear it because the machine could hear it.
5: If you have children, you know that they can disappear in a second.
12: abduction, child abuse and kidnapping are what you think about. The singular message that came across was that, you know, if you're a responsible parent, you will purchase one of these things.
1: Place multiple monitors around your
7: home for ultimate security. Protect them with a GPS child tracking device.
12: It's a height of irresponsibility not to use these particular devices. Which makes you no longer worried about your baby. You relieve all of your anxiety almost like a form of emotional blackmail where marketing is used uh, to prey on your insecurity.
7: New technology that could protect your kids from the grasp of a child abductor.
3: There is an undercurrent with all products for children, whatever the thing is, that it's fundamental to parenting and that if you're not using it or not doing it, you're not doing your job, you're not being a good parent.
15: Don't leave your loved ones without this protection another day. Guardian Ear contains a condenser-type microphone, speech amplifier, and modulator-oscillator circuit. The generated signal is conducted by means of the lighting circuit and intercepted by the radio.
3: It plugs in. It's on AC power.
16: It was designed to transmit the signal from the baby's nursery to wherever the adults were listening to it, over the mains wiring in the house.
3: The problem was that the electrical system in houses were not nearly as well shielded as they are now.
16: Although frequencies weren't very heavily used, where they were used, there wasn't a lot of control over how pure they were, how much extra noise they generated. I'm David Hemingway. I'm a senior spectrum manager at the BBC. There would have been the potential for interference from, in those days, very high-power broadcast radio transmitters.
3: So there was a lot of interference.
15: Sure you up now on Christmas like
3: which was, I think, you know, very disorienting and upsetting for people. <laughs>
1: that stocks Missouri. These covered corn chips, 300-sized
16: cans. Someone nearby could plug a device in and listen for it on a similar device because mains wiring in the house would conduct that signal into neighbouring houses. But more likely, because this mains wiring radiates, anyone passing with a radio receiver tuned into more or less the right frequency would have been able to hear baby sleeping.
3: In trying to protect yourself from kidnappers, what you've actually done is facilitate a kidnapping. A potential kidnapper could be sitting right outside your house, tuned in.
0: You know, a lot of the wealthier neighborhoods have the same equipment and they would um, have to switch them to different channels or get a different brand or something like that because they would most frequently, like, be able, you know, to hear your neighbor's child. I've heard lots of stories like that.
13: I mean, presumably there's a limited number of frequencies they can broadcast over, so, you know, it's not impossible to imagine that someone could just sit there and, you know, listen to me... It's pretty weird, isn't it? Broadcasting your sounds of your house.
3: As soon as you start surveilling, you make it possible for other people to use that information.
16: until relatively recently this simple analog radio technology was used in simple cheap devices cordless phones the baby monitors the mobile phones in more recent years digital technology has taken over and this makes it much harder to accidentally listen in the issue now is that people assume that it's not interceptable people assume that because they're communicating on a mobile phone or on a Wi-Fi network, it's going to be safe. And that's not always the case.
2: If you have a baby, you probably have a
9: monitor. I almost couldn't live without it. Well, this happened to one tri state house. Someone else was watching too. felt like somebody broke into our house. The cyber door directly into your home.
4: More and more people buy a piece of technology and they just assume that it's all up and running and that it's safe.
2: They woke up in the middle of the night to hear a guy yelling, Wake up, baby,
8: wake up, baby. Wake up, baby, wake up, baby, wake
4: up, baby. They don't read the terms and conditions, they don't read the privacy policy, and they don't change the password that's given.
0: My name is Ashley Stanley. I'm a professional nanny for a 15 month old. Currently, I live in Houston, Texas. My family uses a surveillance camera. You can hook it up anywhere, and it's connected to the family's Wi Fi. On the camera, there is a microphone, and it's two way, so you can not only hear the child, but you can also speak to the child. Just another
11: Monday for Nanny Ashley Stanley.
0: I got to my charge's house and we ate breakfast and we're getting cleaned up and went into her room to change a diaper. So as I'm changing her diaper, I hear out of the room some noises and I'm thinking, maybe there's a toy that goes off because sometimes toys just go off by themselves. And um, after realizing it was actually a man's voice, I looked over at the camera and and realized that's where the sound was coming from. I kind of laughed it off like, haha, you know, someone's playing a trick on me, it's probably my bosses, because we're pretty close. So I just kind of said, you know, that's funny, Rick, you're being silly. And a voice from the camera clearly said, I don't think I am who you think I am. To break in and hack a baby monitor. I kind of went into shock. So I finished cleaning up the baby and putting her diaper on. And while I'm doing this, the voice says, That's a really cute baby you have.
4: I didn't realize they could actually take control of the camera.
0: Actually, the camera is typically pointed down at the crib and move the camera around in the room. It came up and was looking where the diaper-changing area was. The voice did sound young. This guy was actually informative. <laughs> he, he helped us realize that this camera was being pretty much just broadcasted to the world for anyone to see. And he actually told me that I should probably password protect my camera then said goodbye and then I didn't hear him anymore what I'm afraid of is like who's been watching and not saying anything
16: Police try to identify households with webcams that could have had their everyday lives broadcast on the internet by Russian hackers.
4: We are facing a new set of risks that most of us don't understand. Anything that's online has the potential to be used by somebody that we don't know.
16: Webcams, CCTV systems and even baby monitors.
4: I'm Renata Sampson, Chief Executive of Big Brother Watch. Russian hackers got into, I think it was something like 73,000 webcams across the world and put up the footage that they saw on the internet.
10: It's actually, now I know it's there, I kind of think, I want to have a look now. All of us in terms of society have a sense of voyeurism. We're nosy, I'm not a weirdo. Just clicking through now on page four of 586. We've got a, a driveway, a, a car park. This is someone's hallway. There's one here someone's bookshelf. There's a lady with her back to me. She's surfing the internet. You can even see what she's actually looking at. I could probably tell you she's having a cup of coffee as well. And if she was turned this way, you could easily see her face. These people don't know that I'm looking at them which is kind of weird. This is someone's living room. Sofa, telly. That's in United States, Massachusetts. Quite early. They're probably getting ready for work. There's a towel on the side there. Kind of weird, isn't it? Indoor pan tilt IP camera. And on the left-hand side, there's a little panning control. See if I can go up. Oh, yeah, we just moved up. I I clicked up and now I'm looking a little bit more at the ceiling. California, San Jose. No one's there at the moment. On the floor are kids' toys. Looks like, you know, a little train track, some Lego. got my finger down and now I'm panning full left full right I can even see the shelf the cameras on now in fact I feel like I want to move the camera so that it's facing the other way so the people that live there can kind of go what's happened to our camera hopefully they'll realize that now
4: these products will be sold to us as keep your home safe protect your family and belongings and yet the way we may end up using them could do absolutely the opposite.
12: A lot of this technology simply creates additional insecurities and amplifies anxieties rather than reassures. The more you use the more you become their prisoner. It's a kind of a performance, it's a kind of ritual of security rather than anything else.
3: I have two children, I have a son who is still in a crib and I have a daughter who's four. All of our neighbors have video monitors, but we didn't do any baby monitors at all. I didn't want to feel like I was surveilling my baby, and I didn't want to feel like I was relying on this electronic device in my bedroom. It felt weird.
6: Wake Up Baby was produced by Peregrine Andrews for Falling Tree Productions and Between the Ears on BBC Radio 3. (laughs) At Third Coast, we lurk for a living. Like an antenna catching everything that floats by, we fine-tune what we hear to bring you only the best. And once in a while, we have our peacock moments as well. We invite you to go to our website to check out upcoming events, like a live resound at the hideout in March. More at thirdcoastfestival.org. You've been listening to Resound from the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago. I'm Gwen Maxai. The program is produced by Dennis Funk and curated by Johanna Zorn and Sarah Geis of the Third Coast Festival. You can hear today's program at ThirdCoastFestival.org, where you can also hear more than 1,500 outstanding documentaries from around the world and subscribe to our podcast. Support for Resound comes from Emma, a web based email marketing and communication service helping businesses Nonprofits manage their email campaigns and online surveys in style. More at myemma.com. The Third Coast International Audio Festival is a nonprofit arts organization made possible with lead funding from the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Additional support is provided by the Riva and David Logan Foundation and the National Endowment for the Arts. The Third Coast Festival is supported in part by a grant from the Illinois Arts Council Agency. Special thanks to our many individual contributors from Chicago and around the world. The Third Coast Festival, now an independent arts organization, was originally founded at WBEZ Chicago. If you want to contact us, we would love to hear from you. Email us at resound at thirdcoastfestival.org. You can also connect with us through Facebook and Twitter. Resound returns next week with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else unless you live everywhere else.
5: You've been listening to the Third Coast Podcast. If you like what you heard today, leave us a review on iTunes, send us an email, or let us know through Facebook or Twitter. You can also support us with a donation at thirdcoastfestival.org. As always, thanks for listening.
0: Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts?